Okay, got things going. Yeah, so do I. Oh, my waves are a little higher this time. Yeah, that's, yeah. There's probably yeah, a little bit more gain, a little bit more waves. Yeah, it's a little higher. It's not super super high, but at least it's hopefully better in post. Yeah, it'll be yet fun. again, St- Stephen handles all the post work, so it's his magic that you hear at the end of all. I this. don't know if I call it magic, but I mean, I just throw some shit together. It's well, it deep. makes us sound better than we sound in real yeah, life, so I, that's know, always a positive. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> well, uh, welcome back, guys. We're here on the Cinema Discovery Project. Uh, I think we're getting we're getting closer and closer to our 50th episode. I think this is like close to 40. I think it's like 36 or 37. Right. Um, we are past the third mark to 100, I guess. Yeah, we can say that. Yeah. For those of you who are not mathematicians at home, if you divide 100 by... Three. It's thirty-three point three repeating forever. Yes. That's what that's what it breaks down forever. to. I love seeing that seeing that on a calculator. Just goes three, 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 three all the What's way. What's a calculator? More time. A calculator used to be an instrument that we used to use in math classes to uh, do math problems. Oh with. yeah. It was better I, than doing numbers in your head. I haven't been um, to school in a long time, so I don't I, I don't know what any of that stuff is. What is crazy is that. I'm surprised calculators are still around because they literally are an essential part of everyone's cell phone on the planet. Yes, and well, I mean, you got to keep you got to keep cell phone, you got to keep kids does. away from the cell phone. So I guess so, but it was they made us buy really expensive graphing calculators when I was like a junior in high, yes. in, uh, high school because we were doing junior or senior because we were, when we were doing like geometry yes. and algebra two and you had to do sine and cosine and all that mathematical nonsense they were like oh yeah you need to buy this hundred dollar uh graphing calculator that i that you'll probably never use again unless you go to college i still have mine (laughs) i still had mine and i think i gave it to my brother and i've never seen it since you don't need to see it again I, I haven't need I haven't needed it since freshman no. year in college, circa two thousand and six. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, on from that boring math stuff. Um, I know. T- today's Let's get episode into something that's more delicious. Yeah, today's episode. Uh, if you if you see the title, we're going to be talking spotlighting old boy. I think this is like maybe yes. our eighth or ninth spotlight, something like that. It is somewhere around there. But before we get into it, yes. there's just one piece of I would say uh, important movie news. Got some, to get got through. a few news bits for you first. Yeah, the first one is um, the late. Uh, the late, now he's the late, but Peter Fonda passed away, who is uh, most notoriously an actor. He's been around for decades, but he's the son of you know legendary Henry Fonda, the brother of Jane Fonda, the father of Bridget Fonda. So the Fonda family is one of those you know Hollywood legacy families yeah. that um, have been around for you know for a very long time, and he's passed away. At, I believe what the age seventy nine. Seventy nine. Yeah. And he died from, like, complications of uh, lung cancer. He had, like, lung failure, which was a result of lung cancer. Um, Respiratory failure, I think, is the fancy term. But, you know, he died from cancer, as many people do. Um, And what is interesting is we're losing a lot more of these old names now more than ever. I feel like it's, like, every other month or every other week there's, like, a fancy, like, legacy name that unfortunately has passed away because it's that time and we've we've talked about it many many times here on the cinema discovery project because it just see they all tend to tie into the history of movies so that's what we're trying to spotlight here but it's really sad that he he's gone because i 
I, I always think of him in his younger form because I watched Easy Rider a lot, mm-hmm. like, over the last several years. Like, that was kind of my big introduction into, like, 70s independent cinema or in that era. Granted, it came out in, like, the late 60s, but it was right around that era where things began to change in Hollywood, which we've gone over a few times, but Easy Rider was one of his most... I would say well-known films directed by also the late great um, uh, Hopper. Um, I can't remember his first name, um, but it's oh, but it's completely, completely. You know, he's part of like that that legacy of people. I mean, a lot of people know Jane Fonda, but a, a lot of people um, know Henry Fonda. I know. I mean, Henry Fonda just had a like a a whole day worth of movies that were marathoning on Turner Classic Movies because he, you know, is so well-remembered. Um, yeah, Dennis Hopper was the name I couldn't remember. Don't ask <laughs> me why I blanked on that, because I know Dennis Hopper so well, because, you know, he was in Blue Velvet and things like that. He passed away, like... A few years ago. Uh, about a decade ago. Has I mean, it been that long? Certain, certain. I don't... I want to say... I think it's like four years ago, maybe. Four years? You you have to be wary of when you think of four years, because we're we're approaching 2020 really soon. But I think Dennis Hopper passed away 2010. Damn. Nine years Jeez. ago. Damn, Steve, you yeah, I'm old. so old. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, with, a... with Henry Fonda with me, I mean, I, I, I yeah, I've, I've seen Easy Rider. Um, right. But honestly, I think I, I, I remember him most for some of his character work later in life um, where he played side characters a lot. Like he was in 310 to Yuma. Um, he played one of the, uh, the lawmen. That was going after, yes, yeah, you know, and he was, he was, he was all, he just had this look that was, uh, you know, that you, when you saw him, he was this, this manly man type of character, um, in that movie. I, I just, well, yeah, I mean, he was, I mean, just easy rider, the image of just he and Dennis Hopper riding on motorcycles, you know, yeah. born to be wild and just that, that freedom and that 60s era of like hippie, you know, free love and free drugs and all that kind of stuff. It's like he comes from that that bygone era, and he's always had that sense of, like, coolness about yeah. him. You know what I mean? And, yeah, he actually still, according to IMDb, has has a movie that still needs to come out, or two movies that still need to come out. One is completed called The Magic Hours, and the other one's called The Last Full Measure. Okay. And the Last Full Measure I've heard of. That's something. Yeah, that's, no, Magic Hour just says completed. I don't know if it's been distributed or if it's one of those that just who's sitting on a shelf somewhere. Last full measure. Who's that? Who's got? Who's involved in that? That let sounds go, familiar. Let me go take a look. The last full measure. Uh, let's see. Directed by Todd Robinson. Thirty-four years after his death, Airman William H. Pitson, oh boy, Pitson Barger Jr. is awarded the nation's highest military honor for his actions on the battlefield. Well, I mean, the, it sounds like a war movie. The, the cast is pretty nice. I'm looking at it. Oh wow! Yeah, Sebastian yeah. Stan, Bradley Whitford, Sam Jackson, Ed Harris, Christopher, Christopher Plummer, Plummer, Allison Sudol, William Hurt, William Hurt. Damn. Michael Imperial, Amy Ma- Madigan. Um, Holy man! It's a, it's a pretty big cast. So yeah, it really is. Um, when's it supposed to? I don't even know when it's supposed to come out. Well, it says October 25th. Yes. October 25th. That's what it says. Oh, interesting. I wonder when we're going to see a trailer for that or if there is one. There isn't one available yet. 
Hmm, or if it's even coming out this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who, who, could who be one of them late January them January movies. Yeah, who knows? It could be a super limited release. We are not quite sure. But it is, um, but, you know, back to the initial, yeah. it, it's sad. Yeah. It's always sad to see uh, somebody that's made such a mark uh, leave us and, and um, yeah. Yeah, and I know Jane Fonda had very nice things to say, obviously, about her brother. I think she was there when he passed. Because I think the press release or something like that was like, you know, surrounded by family and friends when he passed yeah. away and whatnot. I said um, something about he was smiling when he died or something like that. Yeah. Which is, it's nice, nice that he went out peacefully, hopefully, and not, you know, in, in any type of agony. That would be really, really nice. But, um, yeah. But, yeah, let's get into, uh, I guess that's the only piece of There's other stuff, but we, it's better if... We just get into. Let's the, get into the movie. Get into it now, because it's a it's a it's a movie we really have to dive into and take a lot of stock in. And but before we get into it, like I always like to say, let's give some some background. This film is a Korean film, so there are subtitles in it. For those of you who are not uh, subtitle enthusiasts, like Stephen <laughs> and I, yeah, you may have you will have to read subtitles. I, I will I say. There is an English dub, but honestly, don't don't, don't, watch don't it. listen to an English dub. I, I had to don't go. Do you know, this movie is actually kind of hard to find if you want to buy it, like uh, like a good version of it. Um, you can get a DVD. DVDs are out there, but if you want a Blu-ray, that's kind of hard. Um, they're a little. Ex- are they out of are, are they out of print? No, I mean, they're not. Nece- they might be, but I know that they're kind of. Exp- they're just a little expensive on the on the expensive side. Yeah, yeah. I have an old. Blu-ray. I was yeah. telling Stephen about the pro- that came out in like 2007. So yeah. we're talking like the early days of Blu-ray, and I probably bought it um, probably like 2012, 2013 around there. Um, also around that time, there was a 10th anniversary Blu-ray edition, also put out by the same company called Tartan. Yeah, I think it's Tartan Releasing or something like that. I, it's like their Asia Extreme like brand. Yeah, uh, and they had a 10th anniversary release. And they also had around that time a box set of like called the Vengeance trilogy yeah, yeah. because Old Boy is the middle film in Chan Wook Park's The Vengeance trilogy, and it's a trilogy not in the traditional sense. You know there aren't characters in each movie that you know follow along a plot or anything like that. Basically, each movie is just about vengeance and yeah, the consequences of vengeance. The th- and the, that it's a thematic and stuff. A thematic trilogy. It's, it's a thematic trilogy. Yeah. And the first one was called Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Second one is Old Boy. And the third film is Lady Vengeance. Yes. Uh, pretty cool names, if, if you ask me. Oh, yeah. Chanwook Park kind of got his name because of Old Boy, at least here in the United States and here in this part of the world, the English-speaking world. I, I feel like that's where people really yeah. discovered him. Yeah. Um, it's a... As I was saying before, if you want to you want to check this out, um, I I found it actually on Vudu <laughs> oh. for free. Vudu has a lot for free. Really? Yes. Wow. Um, so if you want to check this out and watch this before we get into the movie, because as if you know our spotlights, we do spoil the movies. Yeah. Um, and honestly, if you've never seen this movie before. Don't read the spoilers. Don't read the plot synopsis. Don't read. Yeah. Don't spoilers. Don't look into because, the movie at all. Yeah. Because the probably the best part of this movie is going into it with as little to no knowledge about it at all because the twists in it are so great yes like like head like they'll turn your head so much like your head will like pop off yes it's crazy twists but Chadwick Park is kind of 
known for these type of more visceral type films, for the most part. Yeah. I mean, he also had a movie called Thirst, which I think came out in 2009, which is about like a, a vampire priest. It's yeah. a pretty great film. I have the DVD, and the Blu-ray just came out by Kino a few months ago. I'm gonna, yeah. So I have yeah. to get that. Um, I just have to get and, that. And handma- um, Handmaiden. Handmaiden is amazing. Is amazing. I, I got that. that I actually, amazing. I, after watching Old Boy, which I, you know, we could really quick talk about this new release of old boy that's coming out um, yeah that i don't you want to do that now yeah let's just get let's just get it out of the way yeah, yeah so basically you know old boy the, the old blu-ray that i have doesn't look particularly great i think the 10th anniversary edition was the same transfer maybe i don't know but arrow recently uh, announced that they were putting out their version of it yeah. with the new 4k remaster which i've seen the trailer for and it looks amazing the trailer looks better than my blueprint <laughs> it looks amazing um but they announced it a few months ago that it was supposed to come out this august which is yeah. around now and they announced a, a a i think it was like a two disc edition and a three disc edition and the three disc edition had more special features and things like that yeah. but the problem with that was is that the special some of the special features that they listed were special features that they did not have the rights to. They were special features that were part of another company's release of Old Boy, another company called Plain Archive, who releases um, uh, Korean releases. Yeah. In in South Korea, they their releases are really beautiful, like, um, very beautiful, unique packaging. Uh, talk about package art here that we kind of get stiffed on. Their package art looks amazing, um, and their stuff is really beautiful, and you can pretty much only get it by like buying from like that part of the world which can get expensive when it comes to like shipping and all of that stuff but they had some exclusive rights to like a couple of audio commentaries some interviews by people who were involved with the film and and when Arrow announced that they were also releasing their release with these special features included Plain Archive on Twitter was like uh we have the rights to this like international rights to this how did you acquire them? And from what I've heard since then is that uh, Arrow was not able to get the rights for those special features, so they've had to amend their release of Old Boy. So instead of a two-disc and a three-disc edition, which was supposed to come out this month, they pushed it a month, and there's going to be a two-disc and a now four-disc edition coming out in late September. But the four-disc edition also includes Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance and Lady Vengeance as well. So you kind of like, get, get a new, the new whole version of, trilogy, yeah, yeah. and I'm not sure if those are straight up remasters or anyway. I know they're they're rema- they're mastered in 1080p, which is HD, but I don't know if they're like the old uh, Korean you know uh, yeah. releases or the stuff we got here from Tartan or whatnot. All I know is that those films are included with the special features that were included on those discs. So the you're getting a lot, but that was a whole big mix up, and it's kind of interesting that we bring that up because we talk about Blu-ray releases so much and sometimes you run into rights problems with different editions in different countries. Um, you know, some have rights here in the United States, some have rights in the UK, some have rights in, you know, Japan and Korea and all those places. Um, so it's very interesting how that's a problem. And I know Steven has put in a pre-order yeah, I put, for I put, the old boy. Yeah, I put in a pre-order for the three-disc. Um, I'm, you know, based off of what I've seen automatically I should be getting upgraded to that four disc edition. Um, mm. um, so hopefully that's all good. I haven't gotten an email or anything about my order being canceled. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure I'm good. But um, I mean, worst case scenario is that 
nothing ever comes. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, is I think they already took my money. That's the thing. Oh, that's the that's thing. That's the worst. <laughs> that's the thing is, if they already took my money, um, then I definitely goddamn well be getting some. Um, yeah, but uh, better, yeah, because they're I, they, when you order straight from Arrow, I think they usually charge you right away. Um, yeah, it's not like Amazon where they only charge you once you when ship. They've shipped the item. Yeah, yeah. Um, if they never ship it, they never charge you. Yeah, I mean, but um, at least that's that's pretty much their unified um, policy across the board. I saw for some reason on some forums I saw that Amazon UK was charging people five days after they placed the order. Yeah. But apparently that wasn't true. I don't no. know. That's just an, that's just an aside. Um, so yeah, so the movie is n- not that easy to get a hold of. But as Stephen said, you can you, find it I, on Vudu. Out of all the places, I thought I was gonna find a way to watch this movie. I didn't think it was gonna be on Vudu, but it's on there. It is. It's got ads in it. But you know, oh, that's it, it's annoying. But uh, it's a, it, you know, if you really want to watch the movie, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can buy. I mean, for those of you who really want that physical cop, you can buy the same Blu-ray I have. Currently on Amazon USA for twenty two dollars, which is it, ex- which is expensive for a Blu Ray that is now twelve years old. Yeah. But that seems to happen with foreign releases a lot, where their prices don't drop significantly for foreign films because they're just not a big market for yeah. it. You know, so they gotta make as much money as they can. Uh, the Handmaiden was no. I mean, we talked about that briefly. The only reason why I've never bought the Handmaiden is because. The Blu-ray we have here in the states has absolutely no special features. I, I just bought. It doesn't the, go below like twenty bucks. I just ever. bought the. Uh, I think it's what artificial eye release. Oh, you went. You went foreign. You went over. Oh yes, I got. Uh, you know me, man. I'm going. I go. I go. I go for the the big thing. Um. So yeah, oh, I got. Yeah, the, I, I gotta look. I gotta look into that. Because I, I, I got the. Uh, I just ordered it actually. That and I, I and yeah, I ordered. I'm looking at it right now. I ordered Sto- uh, Stalker. A Stoker. Sto- a Stoker is fantastic. Yeah. Um. That's interesting because I've talked about Stoker sometimes. I talked about it recently on one of my videos on my channel because Stoker was Chenwook Park making a an American film. Yeah, yeah. It's got it's got an American actors in it. It's in English. Um, it's him kind of transporting his his weird Asian sensibilities when it comes to what he's putting in his films. Kind of the creepy sexual. He, I was gonna say he's stuff. got he's got a it's very sexual s- psychosexual movies. Psychosexual violent movies and bringing him over here and that's kind of why i love stoker so much because it's like unlike yeah. any other well, I was, you know hollywoodized movie i was gonna say he when, he's, when we get into old boy you'll see a lot of oh that yeah sexual he's stuff. also and this movie's very sexual yeah he's also a producer of uh snowpiercer he was a producer on that movie that makes sense because yeah. i think him and uh, uh bong joon ho are like great friends. yeah i was gonna say they, they must be buddies because they they have a similar yeah. a similar style they do have a very similar style. What is interesting, Bong Joon-ho did a Criterion Closet video when he was coming out with Snowpiercer, I think. And he talked about how, I think he let um, Chen Wook Park borrow, like, I think of his, like, edition of Picnic at Hanging Rock or something yeah. like that. And he never got it back from him, so he <laughs> mentioned that. And I was like... That's fucked That's up. That's pretty hilarious. It's either <laughs> a Picnic at Hanging Rock or some other movie. All I know is he picked up Picnic, Picnic at Hanging Rock, and he was like, you know, my, it's his favorite Peter Ware movie. I remember yeah, yeah. that from that. But with all of that being said, let's finally get into... Let's do it. Old Boy. This movie is very talked about. I mean, I remember hearing about this movie before I saw this movie from people who had seen it and were like, you gotta watch it. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I actually, my first time into, uh, watching it was, I think, on Netflix. 
like around 2012, 2013, because Netflix had it. Yeah. And they had the English dub and they had the original Korean track as well. So I watched it there for the first time. And I think I've seen it once or twice afterward on Blu-ray. And I think it still holds up. Like I oh, watched yeah. it again la- last night for this episode and it's still really, really good. Yeah. Um, uh, I-, I think I saw it for the first time right around the- before, I probably before the, the remake the remake came out. Okay, which yeah. was which oh, was. Oh, so we have to mention it. Yeah, we have I to. I guess we so should. So ten years later, Spike Lee remade this movie. Yes, um, yes, he did with uh, Josh Brolin, Samuel L. Jackson. Was or was it ten? It. Was it ten years later? Two thousand. Yeah, I think it came out two thousand thirteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah, Josh Brolin plays the plays the main character, and uh, Spike Lee, out of all directors, wanted to remake this movie. Um, I, I I thought it to to be not that great, um, compared to the original, of course, but um. You know, uh, I never watched it. it it's not, <laughs> I honestly never watched it, it. It's not. It's not as impactful. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just. Well, it's it's tough because this movie is so reliant on its mystery and its twist yeah. that it's. If you're going to remake this movie, you can't mess with that too much. Yeah. Or else you you kind of lose what the fabric of this movie is. You know what I mean? And and we know that that twist is coming in the old boy remake. I mean, the yeah. it has to be in there. I mean, I haven't seen the movie, but I assume it's in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's it, it was, but it was one thing where I I think he he's friends with Chanwick Park, so like he got his blessing and stuff like that. But it's another thing. It's a whole discussion for a different podcast episode where it's like, do certain like foreign films, um, you know, need not need to be remade, but how do they hold up being remade into an English language version or a Hollywood version or things like that because it happens very often and sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad i mean sometimes it's just a wash but i think in this case for me and that's even someone who hasn't seen the american version i don't think it needed to to happen yeah i mean it's i think, the I thing think is, people is it's... can watch this movie and it not being in english doesn't affect it, it, honestly, how amazing it's it is it's such a, it's such a, honestly it's kind of a simple story most revenge stories yeah. are but right. but but like you said it's the mystery um, that kind of keeps you enthralled in this film, um, right. because uh, you know, giving the the simple synopsis of this before we get into the the going through through the movie, there's a man who suddenly gets abducted and gets imprisoned in this room for 15 years, and yes. then uh, after 15 years, he's let out. He's given clothes. He's given a cell phone, and he's basically from then on trying to figure out why he was imprisoned. And that's the movie. I mean, and there's a lot more to it, of course, but, you know, it's about this man seeking revenge, trying to seek out the truth of why he was taken. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, and it goes into, like, the reasons why and who did it and all that stuff, which we'll get into right now. So it starts off with our main character, who is... His name is Ode Su. Um, he is... It starts off right away. He's been arrested. He's at a police station. He's... Drunk as fuck. Kind of a drunken mess. <laughs> an absolute mess. And the actor who plays Odesu is uh, Minsik Min Choi. And he is a really good uh, actor. Like, he's fantastic in this movie. He was in uh, another movie called I Saw the Devil. Ooh, oh, which is so another good. Korean film. And that movie's oh. even darker than this. I, I was going to say, which one is is filthier um <laughs> let me put it this way i can rewatch uh old boy way more than i can re-watch. yeah I, I saw the devil's devil. pretty hard to watch yeah. yeah it's pretty hard to watch um this film is not as graphic in comparison 
despite of how graphic it is. Um, so it starts off with him at a police station. He's a drunken mess. He's fighting with police. He's got, like, a bloody nose. We're not quite sure, like, what happened to him. My guess is he got really, really drunk yeah. and did stupid shit. Yeah. That's my guess. Um, and it's just kind of a series of cuts of him being a, re- a reckless monster, basically. And and then his friend comes and picks him up. His friend called Ju Juan. He comes and picks him up, and he's telling the police, you know, um, thank you for letting him go and all this kind of stuff. And basically, he, basically, Ode Su tells him to go F off, and he runs <laughs> out of the police station. So they go to a payphone because back in 2003, when still, this film first came yeah. out, payphones were still around. Cell phones hadn't taken over. Hey, there's lives, still some yeah. payphones out there. Very true, but <laughs> not not in abun- not in an abundance as they were back then. Yeah. yeah. Um. So they so they had a, they're on a payphone and uh, he's talking to his family. He's talking to his daughter who's having, I believe, her f- third or fourth. I think birthday. it was his four, her fourth birthday. Yeah, her fourth birthday. And he's like, you're basically, you know, I'm gonna be there soon. Happy birthday! I've got, I've got, I've got a present for you. All this kind of stuff. What the present that he has is like these, these fake like angel wings yeah, yeah. that you put on and they kind of flap or whatever. Um, and he, he like he was describing it to like the police in in, in the first like sequence, and it was really hilarious because he's just a drunken mess, <laughs> like making like whooping sounds, like showing the wings off. Yeah, and it's yeah. really hilarious. So his friend Juwan gets on the phone, talks to his wife, and is like, yeah, yeah, we're going to, you know, he, he talks to the daughter, he's gonna want, and the wife wants to talk to him. And what happens is Odesu, you know, leaves the, the telephone, you know, booth. And then, and then while his friend's on the phone, the camera begins to pan. And be, it begins to pan from like a, like a side, a side back shot to like just a full shot moving from right to left of just, you. all you see is the friend in the booth and Odesu. Uh, becomes off screen, so right away we're getting a sense of how Chanwick Park likes to utilize camera movement to tell his stories, because in in most films, may, perhaps you would have seen a, a capture, you would have seen an abduction. Yeah. What what we what we don't see is we don't see that we we just know that it happens off screen. So it pans, and his friend go. His friend then turns around and says, "Hey, your wife wants to talk to you." At Ode, you know, where are you? And then he says, "Like, where are you? Where are you?" And then you get like, you know, the camera pans above, and all you see is just people with umbrellas. Well, you see that you see the stu- you see the president on the ground in it, right? And then you see the president on the ground. Yeah, yeah, and and that's all you see. And then the next shot and the next sequence, I believe, is him. Uh, he's in that room that we talked about, where he's. Like he's go, he's like pleading with the captor through the through the trap door, saying like, "Oh, I've already been here three months. What am I doing here?" Da, 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 da. You know the usual things you yeah. would say if you're captured. Yeah, you know, yeah. go kind of going, you know, but crazy because you don't you've been captured. I mean, kind of a kind of a reaction. But we get the sense that at least from right at the beginning that OJ Sue is not that good of a guy. And you know what I mean? We get he's this kind, sense he's, kind he's, of right he's, away. He's a fuck he's up. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, and this is one of those films where our protagonist is, you know, in in a, in a gray area. He's not a white knight. He's sure, a gray yeah. knight. You know, he's a murky guy. He does, you know, messed up things. And he's, you know, not that good of a person to begin with. And there's also this kind of theme of, like, that he's a monster throughout this movie. And that monster kind of, like, grows and manifests with him as he goes down his journey of vengeance. And that that pro- that crops up a few times in his actions and just his thought processes. So he basically um, 
is trapped in this room, like we said, and he is there for 15 years. <laughs> now, and what he's doing in that 15-year time is eating fried um, dumplings yeah. and watching television. Yeah. And But every, like, almost, I think, I don't know if it's every night or, or whatever, is that there's this gas that's filched into this room through this pipe and it knocks him out. And then people come in and, like, clean up his room yeah. or, or like, change his clothes or... Uh, sometimes we see him like there's a montage. I think there's him where he tries to kill himself several times. Yeah, there's and they gotta gas him and like fix him up. It's probably every it's back. probably every few few days or maybe a week. You know, I wouldn't think it would happen every unless there's something they notice that needs to be done. They don't probably right. do it, but you know, because they have to sh- they shave him at one point, change his clothes because right, his hair grows. And there's a great shot of just him staring at this painting. That where it's just this freakishly looking painting, and then it's just him staring at it. You just get a full on like close up shot of him smiling with this hair all crazy. He looks like he's completely insane. Yeah. And 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 there's this quote on this painting that's really important, and I want to make sure I remember because it comes up again in the film. And it's, are you talking about the grain of salt, uh, grain of no, no, sand, no, 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 no. and. It's, it's the one about the beast. Uh, it's this one. It's the uh, laugh in the world laughs oh, yeah, with yeah, you, yeah. weep and and you weep alone. Yeah, very interesting, because because there's the you know there's the idea that you know the vengeance is like a lonely path or you know when you go down the path of vengeance, dig two graves. Nobody nobody wins. Yeah. Yeah, all that kind of stuff, and it's really interesting how that 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 quote kind of comes up. Again and again, yeah, and through, through, in, throughout the film, yeah, throughout this time in in imprisoned, some things happen. I mean, he goes through different yes. stages. He, you know, at one point, he when he starts to, I think, really start to feel the the uh, the insanity is when he starts to see ants popping up under his skin. Yeah, and, and popping... it looks like it looks like like when they go in after they gas him, it looks like they drug him or, or take blood samples from him because what they end up doing, actually, is they end up framing him for the murder of his wife. Yeah. Which is very fascinating to me. Like, they take his uh, fingerprints from a cup that he uses. Yeah. I guess they took some of his blood or whatever to put on the crime scene. So they basically frame him for the death of his wife. And that doesn't really come up later on in the film. Like, it's kind of just mentioned... Um, after when he gets out, but yeah. it's not it doesn't really play play a a, a role. Um, but like Stephen was saying, he does go through phases where he starts um, writing in notebooks, mm-hmm. like writing like every single person that he thinks he's wronged in his life yeah. to see who could who could be the one capturing him. He starts shadow boxing with the wall. His training. It's <laughs> just basically training, I guess, for, for when he gets out. <laughs> when he gets out. Um, and he's and, and then there's parts where he is just like using the chopsticks that he gets to eat his his fried dumplings to kind of like um basically Shawshank his way out of there. Yeah, well, <laughs> and he also of course and grinding away at the walls and stuff. Yeah, and of course he also uh, gets lonely and decides oh, to ma- yes, he, he decides to masturbate to women on TV. Which, <laughs> I mean, I, I when you're desperate, I guess uh, yeah, that, yeah. that's something you have to do. But it's kind of the first sexual moment of the movie, actually. Yeah, yeah. Is masturbation very interesting? Um, and he does that, but he basically 
he, he learns everything everything through television. All the big events that have happened. There's a montage of like, um, like the like Korean political elections and nine eleven happens yeah. and all of these things. And all this while all this time is you know going by, he's he's slowly making his way out of there. And it gets to the point where he's basically about like a month away in his timeline for when he can fully escape. Like he finally reaches the point where he can, where he knocks a brick out of the side of a wall, and he like puts his hand out and it's raining, and he can like finally like for the first time in years, you know, basically be outside for yeah. s- split seconds. And he, and and right after he does that is he gets you know gassed again, and then a woman comes in and hypnotizes him, and he. And she tells him to imagine himself like in a field or something like yeah, that. Yeah. There's trees or things like that, and he ends up in a like a giant suitcase type thing, like a trunk, in the middle of a field, and he breaks out of it, and he is now free. But he's actually not in a field. He's, yeah. like, he's on a rooftop. He's on a rooftop. <laughs> and what is interesting is the film starts with him at actually at this moment. Uh, the film starts with him like holding someone like off of a ledge. And it's it. We're now up to this moment of yeah. the film that the film's caught up. Yeah. And so he gets up, and there's a guy that was about to commit suicide with his dog. And Oday Sue is kind of like, like doesn't know how to approach him. Is like touching him and sniffing him, and like can't believe that he's real, and not not in a, not an illusion. And basically, the guy's guy's about to like throw himself off, and Oday Sue holds him. And the the guy says something interesting. He says, "Even though I am no better than a beast, don't I have the right to live?" Yeah. Um, that's interesting because that comes up much later in the film. Well, that play, it plays into what end. you were talking about about how, you know, even though you know he, that he's a monster and he's dealing with becoming more monstrous throughout the movie, but does that mean that he should you know be dead, or right. should you know like I mean, that bad there has to be bad people to be good people, right? <laughs> well, yeah, the film does deal with this, you know, duality of man, good and evil, and those things like that. And Chenwell Park is really playing with those a lot, and all within the Odesu character. And he, and it's a little rough going starting off here. Like I said, like he doesn't know quite how to act around people. Um, and actually, Odesu recounts like everything that happened to him so far with this guy. Uh, uh, before he leaves him, and the guy go, and the guy's like about to ask, about to tell him why he's about yeah. to commit suicide. Odysseus dude just leaves. He just leaves. <laughs> he's like, I don't give a shit. But just leaves him on the rooftop, and and he um he goes down this elevator, and there's this woman in this elevator, and he's and he's like 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 basically glued to like the corner, yeah, and he's just bracing for dear life, and part of me has always I don't know if I've mis ever misread this scene or if it's just if is it him resisting the urge to like sexually jump out I, I would that's the or way is it him like reacting to being in an elevator I, I think it was him or is it both I think it was sexual you think it was sexual I do okay. yeah that's the way it, it, play, it plays into what happens later yeah I guess it does yeah and and then and then it cuts to he starts screaming on his way down this elevator and then it cuts to him outside and he's walking away, and this woman's talking to this, I guess, security guard guy. It's what he kind of looked like. Yeah. And just telling him about, like, oh, this guy, you know, pointing at him and talking and talking. And then when Ode Sue's walking away, 
And then as he's walking away, the guy who was committing su- who committed who was going to commit suicide does commit suicide, <laughs> lands on the car. And I don't know if you noticed it, but the dog like that he had with him is clearly a stuffed animal. <laughs> like it is clearly a stuffed animal. Hilarious. That that they used that they used to like to you know to with it because just the way it like it's smaller than the dog and just the way it moves it moves like a stuffed animal. Mm-hmm. But I just noticed that like a bunch of times. And it makes me feel better that 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 an actual you know dog didn't die, um, but I mean they wouldn't have killed the dog in the movie, but like sure, in the movie's sure. timeline, it looks fa- because it looks fake, it doesn't look real, so I'm able to distance myself from it. Mm-hmm. So, Odesu is now out; he's now free, and basically he's he is. I think in one of the next sequences is when he's confronted by a bunch of like street hoodlums, like yeah. a, bunch of, a bunch of thugs, and he's basically this is his first time to ch- to um test out his fighting skills <laughs> you know what i mean he's been he's been shadow boxing the walls for 15 years or so or however many years now it's time to see if any of that actually works and what is interesting is that throughout the film is there's an inner monologue inside odesu's head where he's pretty much saying the things that we would say like yeah. like oh time to time to test out my fighting skills in real life or something like that it's kind of like and, it's kind of like fight club where yeah, there's a that's, his his fighting style is very much like Fight Club. It's, well, I was just gonna say like the fact that he's narrating his own story. Yes, you know, like <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, he 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 meets these hoodlums and uh, there's like at least six of them. I think maybe like six, and he takes them out. Apparently, it apparently it works. Yeah, they initially kind of beat him up, but then he gets up and takes them out, and and then the next thing is we see him. I think he's in a store window or something. He's in a window or, or for somewhere, and then and then uh, like a homeless person gives him like a, a wallet full of money and a cell yeah. phone. And this is when he goes into this uh, sushi shop, where we meet uh, Mido, who is another main character in this film. Uh, she is apparently some kind of wonderkind uh, chef who he saw on TV. Because when he gets out, he, he sometimes some of the things he says to people are like um, quotes from like television that he's seen <laughs> like television programs and all those kinds of things and apparently she's like a, a television chef or something like that so he's in he's in the uh, sushi shop and they strike up a conversation and she thing she says things like um you know like women aren't supposed to be sushi chefs because their hands are too warm or something like that um and he um he says he wants to eat something that's alive which is kind of weird to me, Steve. I don't know about you. I don't like to eat living no, things. No, not particularly. No. No, but when, but what happens is while he's there, is he gets a phone call on that mystery phone, cell phone that is brought, that is given to him, and he, the first thing he asks is, um, I think it wasn't the first thing he asked, like who, like, who is this or yeah. something like that, or like, it, it's it's basically the guy who captured him. And the guy doesn't tell Odesu who he is or why he, why he, why he imprisons him or anything like that. But this is the one where he says the grain part, the yeah, that, yeah, the yeah. quote that you mentioned before, uh, which is a pretty, pretty great quote. Um, what's the quote against him? Not, do you, do you I don't know. Oh, something about salt me. and sand doesn't. They both sink in water. Or something. I don't know, man. I'm terrible, uh, terrible with quotes. It, it killed me, Smalls. But let's move on. Um, but while he, but right after that, one, he's making a scene at a public restaurant. Yeah. Two, he uh, then she um, he w- she gives him a live after octopus. After he gets off the phone, she gives him an octopus. 
and it's it's wriggling and she's like oh, i'll cut it up for you because apparently like that's something that they it's a know, delicacy it's a delicacy where they don't eat it alive they eat it when it's you know cut up and whatnot kind of like sushi i guess and he's like nope no i'm just gonna take it right now well, that's or <laughs> that's that's it. part of the you know the idea of him being this like you know beast monster he's a yeah, beast he's and he, a, he he you know brute. what are be what do you what do wild animals do eat other animals that are alive yeah, yeah but, but what's interesting is right before that she touches his hand and she and he notices it like there's this, yeah. there's th- there's that, an that, obvious that connection connect that physical connection right there is important keep that in mind for later because this whole sequence is actually very important keep that in mind for later um is so she gives him the octopus and he eats it raw he like bites it off and he's it's all like wriggling in his mouth he's got the the tentacles in his hands and then he passes out which I which Yet again, we think at the time is due for like medical reasons, but it's really there's more to it that yet again like gets revealed later on. Yeah. So this is a film that goes back on itself to to change context of certain scenes that we read completely differently. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's kind of one of the more brilliant aspects of the film. Um, and th- and then he wakes up. Um, after he collapses, he wakes up in her apartment her apartment yeah. and he's like lying there and she's pretty much taken care of him since he's since he collapsed and basically um this was a, yeah this is a point where he they had this conversation weird conversation um where i think i he doesn't he tell her about his daughter or he or is it afterward cuz i know afterward they go to try to find his daughter but this is the scene I think that you were referencing earlier, Stephen, where he basically tries to he, yeah. sexually uh, assault go after her, her while assault she's her. taking a piss. <laughs> yeah, while she's on the toilet, and 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 immediately he he regrets it, and he is, I guess, you know, upset with himself about it. But what is very interesting is the way in which she um, reacts to it. One is, you know, obviously she rejects him rejects him but then she says like like there's gonna come like a point where this may happen again and yeah and you know what i mean like there's gonna be like i'll be I'll, i'm gonna sing a specific song and that'll be like your cue uh or something like basically that. she's she's telling him i'm gonna eventually not now I, but, not now, but I, I, whenever i'm ready i will have sex with you yeah basically <laughs> something like that and very which is odd it just seems it seems it's very, very odd. odd it's a very odd movie well i mean it's a very odd sexual movie i guess that was preparing us for odd sexual things to happen later so this is when he he tries to go and find his daughter and they basically find out that um that after he, after his wife died she went i think she went to live like with a foster family in in sweden in like Stockholm, Sweden, and that's kind of where she is. I think she sends letters back to this woman that they go see. Um, it's really unclear, and they kind of brush over it, but it's it's obviously much more important later on. Yeah, she was his daughter was adopted by a Swedish couple, uh, so but he gives up trying to contact her, and now he's trying to figure out um, who captured him. This is when he. This is the sequence in the film where he's actually going around to a bunch of different. Chinese restaurants trying to, to find the dumplings fi- trying to find the dumplings he's trying he ate the same dumplings for 15 <laughs> years so he knows specifically how they taste so he's there's like a montage of him going to every single 
Chinese restaurant he can. He's got a whole list that he keeps checking off. I hope they and gave. He keeps eating them, and then he keeps like throwing up because he just can't take the dumplings. I was gonna anymore. say like I hope they, I hope they gave him some other food because you know there's other vit- you need certain essential vitamins and things that you need. I mean he ain't getting any sunlight. <laughs> I know, like there's no, like how does he? Yeah, there's no. He must have a vitamin D deficiency. Yeah, <laughs> must have. I mean, there's there's not even there's nothing in there for him. Not even a like a sun lamp or anything. No. Like that, like that really, yeah. If you don't get sunlight or are exposed to certain vitamins over a long amount of time, it could have you know. Advert- yeah, yeah, yeah. He wouldn't be able to. to he wouldn't be beating people up. I can tell you that. And now we don't know if they gave him like a multivitamin. Maybe like, the gas had the vitamins. <laughs> well, apparently the gas. What's interesting is it's kind of a throwaway. It's like, oh yeah, this is what the Russians used for uh, to torture Chechen terrorists or something like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay that's that's cool. And, like, apparently, is there any adverse effect to exposing someone to that for 15 years straight? I don't know. Maybe it helped make him crazy. I don't know. Probably. Part of it, yeah, maybe. Probably did. I mean, yeah, that definitely did. So he goes around to every Chinese restaurant, like we were saying, and he finally finds one where it's, like, the furthest one. It's called, like, the Blue Dragon. So he follows a delivery man back to basically the building that he was captured in, and this is where, this is where the the action really kicks into gear. This is this is probably the most recognizable scene in the movie. I would yeah, think. I've I, I've rewatched this scene like a million times on on YouTube. Yeah, and it's it, it's yeah, the pretty, hallway scene. Pretty epic. You know how it's like the hallway scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how like nowadays in a lot, especially like the Marvel TV series movies and like some of these m- more recent action movies. There's always a hallway scene where we follow with like one camera a guy kicking somebody's ass where this is where it kind of like, I thought the, I think the beginning of that started maybe Yeah, the hallway kick ass team. Before we get to the hallway scene, um, is he, he, he finds out that if you, what's interesting is when he gets to the, when he follows the delivery guy into the elevator, you get to basically like this floor in between floors. Yeah. Where by pressing like a certain two numbers and that's how you get to this specific floor where apparently this is kind of messed up, Steven, is you can like pay to have people incarcerated yes. for like an amount of time, and that's pretty pretty, it's pretty fucked up. up yeah. <laughs> pretty fucked up, and and uh, so he goes in and he sees the guy who's like mo- he like runs the place. He's monitoring like all the different like security camera feeds and all the rooms and all this kind of stuff. And he basically tortures the guy. He ties him up. He he has a hammer and he starts like taking out like like his teeth until the guy like. Mm. Is to get the guy to like confess to, so uh, for every year know, I would for every year yeah, I was stuck in here. I'm yeah, gonna take a tooth. I'm gonna remove a tooth, and he basically knocks out his front teeth, and then um, the guy basically tells him like you know it was somebody I I did I never saw him or anything or something like that, um, but apparently like he finds out that the reason why Odesu was captured is because, um, he, because he was quote talking too much. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. We'll see. We'll see uh, more about that but later. While, while Odesu is making his way out, he sees a hallway full of dudes <laughs> ready to kick his ass. <laughs> and this is when we get the hallway scene, which we just um, talked it's... about. It's a, cup, it's a couple of minutes long. It's all one shot, and it's all done by, by um, basically, uh, I would say dollying, but I would say panning from left, from basically left to right, right to left. And all you see is just him fighting a bunch of people with a hammer 
and it's it's a tra- it's a sideways it's a it's a parallel tracking shot yeah, yeah and, and and it's it, it, shot. yeah and it's uh yeah hammer time as we would say <laughs> I mean, yeah there's got to be a video out there of him of this scene with mc hammer playing over it with, uh, with mc hammer playing hammer time yeah 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 like that just seems like that just seems like gold to me yeah yeah um, it's got to be out there but he he so he fights all these guys he takes them all out and he gets to the elevator to leave and there's a bunch of dudes <laughs> in the elevator and he's and, he sm- and what is interesting he just smiles yeah, yeah and you can see this guy's a sadistic man like he is psycho like he's been pushed <laughs> way beyond the limits of normal human capacity and basically the next scene is him is the, uh, the, he gets, the elevator dings, the elevator doors open, it's just a wide shot where dudes all just the fall dudes out. Like start, just fall out and he walks over them. He just he just Captain America He just cap yeah. he just Captain America him in the, in the yeah, elevator. Pretty much. And yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, even he's even like stabbed in this as well. Yeah, he gets like, stabbed. He gets really stabbed in the up. back in the initial hallway scene. Yeah, and, and the and he fights all these dudes with a knife sticking out of his back. Like like a badass, yeah. basically. Um, so what we find, so, and then he starts walking around the streets and he's like, like he's bleeding, like he's obviously bleeding pretty profusely and he's like stumbling, stumbling. And then he like, he just collapses in the middle of the road and this dude picks him up and puts him in a cab and says, you know, go to, uh, such an, you know, basically he he gives like the apartment and like the well, somebody was going to take him somewhere. Girl. I think the hospital, and then he says, "Go to the go to the girl's place." Yeah, yeah, and then he's like, you know, and then he mentions him by name. He says he calls him Ode Sue. Yeah, and then this is when we find out we, we, that's revealed for the first time that this is a game. The, you know, this is the guy. This is this is probably the guy who was his captor. Um, and well, he keeps meeting these people that obviously know that are involved in what's going on. Like, like you said earlier, the guy that gives him the, the, the phone and, and, you know, now this guy who picks him up off the street and gets him in a cab knows, knows him, knows what's going on. So, oh, no, but it, I think it's the actual guy. Is it actually, was it the I actual guy? Wu, yeah. Cause we learned that well, later on, we learned that the guy's name is Lee Wu Jin, but I think it's him because he's wearing that, that, you know, that, that hat. Yeah. He was wearing a hat. Coat yeah. And, one, and coat and whatnot. And this is, and he's taken to, um, the the girl's apartment where he wakes, where she patches him up. Like he wakes up and she's she's there like asleep next to him and whatnot. But you know he's got he's all bandaged up. And is this the part? I think this is the part where, um, yeah, that he goes to like the internet cafe, and he meets with his friend Ju Ju Juan, right? Yes. Where yes. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. And what is interesting is that is that we learn like we um. We get like a scene with Lee Woo Jin like by himself, and like he knows like what his next step is going to be. Like he knows like oh you're gonna go to the, you, you're gonna go to the the internet cafe. Like that's your like that's his next step. It's very calculated the way, that Lee Woo Jin thinks throughout this movie, and we get more of him later on. Like there's moments where he's just expositioning dumping, and it's like dumping his master plan, and we see like how all of these things like interconnect with one another. It's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. So he goes and meets with his friend, um, Lee, um, yeah, Juwan, because all, because we also, there was a scene in there. I don't know if it was after that or if it was when they were looking for the dumplings where she's like video chatting with somebody and that somebody knows who like, like, like sees him and it's like, Oh, Sue 
is that you or something like that? And they're trying to find this guy with the, the online alias called Evergreen. Mm-hmm. Steven, am I on the right track here? Yes. Yeah. And that's why he goes to this internet cafe to talk to his friend to track this person down and to figure out what Evergreen means. And I th- think we are at the point where we start um, going about like his old high school and stuff like that. Or or does or does Lee Woo Jin confront him and give him like a deadline before that? I want to say that this whole high school stuff happens. Um, before Lee Woo Jin gives him his five day, like deadline. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he, yeah. So ever. So yeah. There's so. They're going through like all the things like that. This that this like Evergreen is about, and they come up with this old high school, and it was a high school that uh, Odesu was at, Ju Huan was at, and then he's like, and then he they go into, kind of like a flashback of like when he was there and. And all that kind of stuff. It's really, really interesting because the the aesthetic is uh, is different. It's kind of like a, almost like um, dreamlike, not mute, muted, like opaque. Oh, wow, what would I say? Not opaque. Um, sepia, sepia tone. That's what I wanted yeah. to say. Like a sepia tone version of it. Um, it's really, really interesting. We get um, like in the back. We get a little bit of backstory here. Uh, we don't get the full reveal yet of of the backstory. That doesn't c- happen until later on in the movie. Um, yeah. We talking about what he sees it through a window? Yeah, because I don't think that doesn't happen until later on when he's given that five day, like um, that five like Lee Woo Jin like basically tells him. Oh no! You know you know what it is they track. Yeah, because okay. Things are things are running into one another. They track like where that person is, that evergreen person, and it's Lee Woo Jin, and they're like in that like abandoned like like apartment or whatever. And remember, there's that guy, that guy with him who's got the the white hair, who's his bodyguard, yeah, his bodyguard, yeah, his bodyguard, and they and they be and Lee Woo Jin basically contacts him himself, like he wants to get caught, and and uh, what's his name, like uh, Ode Su's about to kill him, and then and. And the bodyguard stops him, and then Ode, and then Lee Woo Jin's like, "If you kill me, you're never gonna find out." Well, that's that's, that's the why. that's that's definitely the climax of the that's the climax of the story. No, no, no. That's when that... like they're that's braver. No, because remember this. And then like because yeah, because he 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 think because Ode Su thinks that uh, Mido is like is like suspicious. Like how like why was she talking to this person? And she's like, "Oh, I only talked to him about sushi." Like and then he like ties her up and leaves her, and then goes over to where this place is because his friend Juwan tells him like oh yeah we've tra- he's traced it to this to this like a building that's like this building and this apartment whatever it is and he goes there and then after they have this con- this um this confrontation where Lee Woojin like you know tells him you know if you kill me um I'm ne- uh, you know I you'll never find out I also I have a pacemaker remember he shows him the heel yeah, shows him yeah. the pacemaker scar and then he says like he says, like you better get back there because you know what, because uh, you like you're not really good about protecting your women. You're leaving her tied up like that. And he goes back there and he sees like the the that dude who was running that uh, that pr- that you know that apartment prison has her tied up and 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 is like um basically kill her. Basically, kill it seems that they they probably took advantage of her. 
yeah. at some uh, during the time they had her. It does look like that. It I would not put it past. It doesn't show it, doesn't say it, but these don't seem like the type of guys who aren't above doing something yeah. like that. I mean, it's pretty 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 terrible. Um so basically he so this so Lee Woo Jin gives him like a 5-day thing cuz he says basically he's going to kill Mido in 5 days um if he doesn't uh it was like so, like he was he just gave him that deadline basically. I don't think there was any like if he doesn't do something or anything like that. He basically gave him like a 5 days to figure everything out before he would kill Mido essentially. Yeah. And he, when he goes back there there's all those dudes there and he's like he can't really fight him off but he they're about to kill him, or he, no, the guy's about to take out his, to take his teeth out like he did to him, and he gets a phone call, you know, from that other dude that says, that basically says don't, or like the dude show up with a bunch of money, and it's basically to pay him off yeah. to not do it, uh, because he wants Odesu, because he wants yeah. Odesu to figure this out. Yeah. Like, what is interesting is that, like, it's not one of those where you don't, like, there's like an evil mastermind who wants everything to be secret. Yeah, yeah. And everything to not be discovered, like his big plan not be discovered. No. He wants it to be discovered because it's so maniacal and so fucked up that he wants the person that he's torturing to figure it's, it's, it all it's out because it'll fuck him up even more. It's, it's kind of really, like, really crazy. It's kind of like Saw yeah. a little bit. In, in a, a way, in a way, you it's know, psych- where, where, it's where psychological, it, it definitely way. is. But in the sense that the the villain, it's not your typical revenge story where you know the main character is just going to go after the bad guy, and the bad guy is trying to keep keep him from killing him. The bad guy had once in a, in a, something from our protagonist, and yeah. he. And what he, is interesting is that the, you know, the stipulation was that Wu Jin would kill himself. Well, you know, because he has the pacemaker with yeah. the button that would basically stop his heart and he would die. And and if Wu Jin dies, Odesu never finds out why he was imprisoned, you know, for 15 years or why any of this is happening to him. So he'll, like, that'll never happen. So he's given, that's why he gives him that five day stipulation. But, but after that is when um, they decide to, like, like, kind of run away and hide somewhat. And this is when. They become um, more intimate physically, literally. Yes. Uh, they, they run away to someplace and they they sleep together, and and you and us watching it for the first time, not knowing anything, would be like, oh, that's a little. That's it's a little you know, odd just for the fact that he's obviously. Well, is, it the, is it the age difference? The age difference kind of, is odd. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously at least double her age probably right you know but yeah i mean the, the uh, for those of you kind of dating i guess these things i mean the film starts off before he's in prison starts off in 1988 and then fast forward 15 years and we get to 2003 so just keep those dates in mind keep that timeline in mind um and keep this scene in mind specifically it's in a what is interesting is that it's in a for, for, as sex scenes go, it's a pretty, er, you know, erotic scene without us knowing the context. You know, I mean, it's very sexually explicit, more so than you would see. It's in not. A it's movie. not covered up. You know what I mean? It's not covered. Yeah. Up. It. Yeah, and like the camera holds. Yeah. For a it, while, it holds. It holds wide shots of them. Of yeah, of the act. Yeah. Yeah, and it's very sexual, uh, content-wise than, like I said, than most Hollywood movies. Not Hollywoodized at all. No. You know what I mean? And we've, Stephen and I have talked about this, I think when we talked about our censorship episode, where like, 
the rest of the world doesn't have such a big problem with sex in their movies as does you know Hollywood in the United it was States. A cha- it, it, seems, it seems Asian culture cares doesn't care about sex or violence. They they don't they'll put that shit all over their movies. I I guess so. Yeah, because this movie has both. Yeah, <laughs> and so they have you know they have they're intimate for the first time, um, and they're kind of in like that that state of somewhat bliss afterwards it's a scene of like them just like sitting there and he's like drying her hair and it's like oh what a lovely I you know romance I guess and then <laughs> and, and then so yeah so and so that happens and I'm trying to see trying to remember yeah but now now is when uh, Odesu discovers like like who Wujin is uh, he goes back. They go back to well, like, they, the old. Well, high they school. have that. But what happens is they're laying in bed, isn't it? When they get gassed again, and then the the people come into the bedroom while they're in that. You know. Oh yeah, that scene is yeah. creepy AF. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and like yeah. So so yeah. basically, you're getting this idea yeah. that they're always Su Jin is always a step ahead. Like he's he's got he knows where they're at, even though they think yes. that they're away. So he that room gets gassed and they come in while they're knocked out and um, mess with them and and got who knows we don't know we don't know what they really do it's just a weird scene of them popping up you know yeah it's a really yeah what we what we also learn yeah and this is I think this is around the time where they receive like a present and it's that yeah. dude's hand yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because it's that dude's hand who, uh, who like, coincidentally, just in the most recent scene, was gonna kill Ode, so or at least knock his teeth Yeah, the out. guy that was, yeah, yeah, the guy who's running that that in that prison, that incarceration apartment, and he, and because because Ode Su said that he was gonna like he was gonna cut his hand off in the future, so he cuts his hand off, and the guy actually like, like, like suspiciously, I mean, we don't we kind of write it off, but suspiciously gets like a new apartment in, in prison place basically. And we're not quite sure. We we're not quite sure how it just kind of happens. So so Ode Su decides to like stay there with him, thinking he's protected because now now uh you know Wu Jin is is this guy's enemy as well. So it's like the enemy of the enemy is my yeah. friend, that kind of stuff. But no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. It really isn't. How do you think he got this building? Um. Yeah. So. So this is when, but like I was saying, this is when uh, they go to the old, the old high school to go to look at the, the old uh, like graduation like yearbooks and things like that. And this is when, um, um, and but before this, I believe is when they discover that they are being tracked somehow. Um, there's like a tracking chip in, in his shoe that they discover and they yeah. get rid of it. Uh, and that's important for like this next scene that I talk about here because. Um, Odesu does figure out, you know, who this guy is, and the fact that they were like in, that they were in high school at the same time together, and and that he, this guy also had a sister. Yeah. And the sister's name is I forgot what her name was. Um, mm. I'll have to look it, it up. Is, but, it um, ain't that important. <laughs> I want to say it's Lu Sa or something like that. It's it's something. It's not important, but it, you have to know that this guy had a sister who was relatively you know close to age with him so yeah it's it's lee it's lee sua that was her name lee sua and 
and so he calls up his friend Juwan. He's like, you know, do you remember this? Do you remember um, Li Wu Jin? Remember that he had a sister? I'm looking at the yearbooks right now, and for some reason, her her picture's been like like removed for yeah. some reason. Like they like they, like she's in pictures, and they took her. They like cut her head out of it and stuff. I'm like, what yearbook does that? But apparently, yeah. but apparently, like. Uh, Odesu like left after like his third year or something and went to like uh, went to Seoul and went to another school and he wasn't here for when like she passed away like she died I think like she drowned in a river or something and there was like like all kind of like you know how did like was there like she was by herself so there wasn't necessarily it wasn't ruled as like a like um like a murder or anything it was ruled like a suicide and people were always wondering why she why she committed suicide was she pregnant was this and that, all the kinds of stuff. But the most important part is that she is that she died, and Juwan uh, and Juhuan is talking talking to him out loud, and he's like saying, "Oh yeah, she was, you know, he basically like denigrated this 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 now deceased girl by saying like, oh yeah, she slept around, she yeah, did yeah. this, she did that, and all that." And the camera pans while he's doing it, like a white there's a wide shot of him like sitting there relaxing on. Like on the front of the com- computer, and he's like, "Oh yeah, she was this, she was that, blah blah blah." And the camera just pans over to, uh, you know, Wu Jin is literally in the opposite computer, just like listening to this. And they, and then of course he hears this and goes over and you know kills, kills Zhu Huan. Mm-hmm. And he talks to him over like the phone. He's like, you know, the, you know, if you didn't get rid of your surveillance, I wouldn't have to do this. Blah 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 blah. blah. And, and you know, that's that's the end of that's the end of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Until we see him in flat in a flashback form, though. It, you know, to be honest, so there are scenes in this movie that are sickly funny. Like you, you shouldn't laugh at. That them, may be one of them. That's, to be honest, that's kind of it's kind of one of the moments that you shouldn't laugh at, but it's kind of funny because of how it goes down. Um, and this guy seeming, like I said, is always a step ahead. He, you know, he was there to kill him, kill his friend over you know over the phone it was it, it just yeah it, yeah and you like just like hear some screaming yeah like being stabbed or choked or choked to death um the guy was the guy was kind of a an ass anyway i guess <laughs> yeah but see he hears him but then then this is when we go into like um there's a moment later on where he goes and he sees somebody who i think was at school with him at the same time She's like in a salon or something like that, and he keeps like staring at her, her her crossed legs. And someone walks in and he stares at their knees. And then this is when we kick into a flashback of when he was in high school. Uh, Ode Su, I mean, was Ode Su was in high school, and he was actually talking to Lee Sua. Um, he was like hanging upside down, smoking a smoking a cigarette. I think it was like his last day or or whatever. And he was like like. Like trying to impress her by doing some acrobatic stuff on some things outside. Anywho, she was riding a bike, and and whatnot. But and they have a conversation, like a just a regular conversation. She's reading a book, and this is when we get like the this is a key flashback here, is where he discovers that um, Lee Suwa and her and her brother were having a, you know, uh, how do you want to phrase infidelity. This? Sexual- it, uh, I'm on incestuous relationship. Incest, that's the word I meant. <laughs> incestuous, yeah. yeah. Incestuous relationship. <laughs> and Odesu sees them in some type of part of the school, some some yeah, place that yeah. has broken windows, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And there, and once again, the film doesn't shy away from showing 
you know, incredibly, what we would say, uncomfortable sexual scenes, I guess, where like they're they're goofing around, they're playing around, and then it turns and then it turns sexual, and the camera doesn't pan away. If anything, the camera zooms in. Yeah. <laughs> the camera really lingers, and yet again, it's that whole like you know, it, it, sexuality is shown differently, and even sexual taboo that this is is shown differently in different you know parts of cinema across the world. And it it's done for I guess shock value, but it's also done to really show the sense of intimacy between these two siblings, which not really something you ever really want to say out loud, but that that the, what this movie is depicting. And they and he sees them, and they and they find that he sees them. Like she has that she has a a mirror that she's holding up while this while they're having this sexual encounter. And she's kind of, you know, she's moving and moving, and she sees him through the window, through the broken window, and and he runs away. But they know that she, they they know that he saw them. And so, basically, before he leaves, before Odesu leaves, he tells Juhuan about it, and he tells Juhuan not to say anything. But of course, the guy says something, and then mm-hmm. rumors start, and rumors start, and and. Things, you know, things go crazy. Things get out of control because you know how the way young people are. Young people are, especially teenage years. They're the teenagers are terrible to one another. They just, they just are, and, you know. And and it's just, and she ends up killing herself. At least that's what we assume happens. And and basically that that's what Odesu believes is why Wu Jin, you know, captured him and put him in prison and all that kind of stuff for something that. He actually doesn't remember until right now. Yeah, and I find that even more interesting is when we get to like this this final because we're getting to the climax now. After this is pretty much when he when Odesu goes to um goes to his penthouse. You know, he leaves Mido. They have an embrace and they have a very interesting conversation and. And this is when he like joins forces with like you know that dude that that dude and he leaves her there, which I would ne- I would have <laughs> never I would that's the one thing about that situation I would I'm like there's got to be safer places for for you to put you know th- this this person you know what I mean yeah. this person that it's obviously important to you. Well, he's uh, a, he's in a, the hands he, of he, your captor for fifteen years. He's an insane you know I mean? dude, so he ain't really thinking yeah, straight. Yeah, by this point, vengeance. Re- the vengeance is really. Is, yeah consumed him it's it's it, it he's no longer yeah you know, he's human but man vengeance is kind of what drives him now and it's really you know like we, that whole monster thing he's he's more he's a monster now you know what i mean so he goes to this penthouse to confront to confront Wu Jin, and he's trying to get to the penthouse and he needs like a code and he just can't he just <laughs> he can't figure it out can't figure it out and then just hap- just by happenstance, Wu Jin and his bodyguard walk in and, and like they do the code, whatever it is. I think it's like zero six, zero four, or some nonsense number. I don't know. I was trying to figure it out. But so they go up to the penthouse and of course they get up there and then um Wu Jin says, you know, you know, get him. And like two bodyguards try to fight uh Odesu and Odesu basically kills both of them pretty easily. He kills them actually by because uh, he created like um like a shank or a shiv with a with a toothbrush yeah. that were that were at the whole that were at the place where they were staying because there was an interesting kind of just like when they were when they were going when they were saying their goodbyes, um, 
like they they for some reason kept cutting to the toothbrushes in the in the cup. And I'm like, why do they keep cutting to that? <laughs> and then and then of course that pays off later by him using a toothbrush to stab both of these guys basically. So he does that, and I guess like Wu Jin has like a has like a shower and he's getting dressed and stuff. Very casual, very Lex Luthor esque. Yeah, I'll yeah, tell you yeah. that. He's very like a like that type of like a master genius manipulator because but one thing we didn't tell you is that this guy is super rich yeah like he's uber rich and while he's doing that is you know um you know odesu tells him you know you were sleeping with your sister and you know you like thinking that's the reason you know that's the reason why um he he thinks he's been doing he thinks yeah yeah, he thinks that him you know moving that sending that rumor about was what is the reason he imprisoned him which is you know which which is possible the the yeah it's, it's true. the truth it's the reason why his sister ended up you know dying is because of that you know that was the kind of the kickstarter off if he basically the whole like you talk too much like if he never that's what he that, was talking about yeah yeah that's what he was referencing but what we learn is the master plan that Wujin went through to do all this and the and for the extra his, his icing on the cake his his vengeance on him yeah, his his vengeance on him and man it's really what is so interesting is that it just shows that vengeance you know creates more vengeance and it's just a cycle of violence and it just it's, never ends. yeah it's gasoline you know on the I mean? fire man it's yeah and it's just like this idea what breaks the chain of vengeance is forgiveness which is something that is very hard for many people to do some people just don't want to forgive and move on. Some people just do not um, have that in them to do it. And it's really, really tough. And especially when it's, it results in the loss of a loved ones, especially someone as close as he was to his sister, not, uh, you know, in that really taboo manner, but as well as just, you know, a sibling and someone who's really important. That, that's really, you know drive someone to do crazy crazy things and this guy clearly had the means to do crazy crazy things but what we learn about his whole orchestrated plan is that it wasn't only capturing Odesu and holding him for 15 years it was it dealt with hypnosis yes and apparently all of this was orchestrated through hypnosis because that woman who who we saw that hypnotized him on his last time in the prison uh, also apparently showed up a bunch more times and did a bunch more hypnosis and no, not only hypnotized him and planted things in his mind, but also planted things in Mido's mind as well. And this is when things mm. take a turn, Stephen. Take a turn yes, to there, another the, level. Yes, there's a photo album. And, and he's it, like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's got a gift for him. Yeah, there's a gift. And, and, so, and, and it's the photo album that was quote-unquote stolen when his wife uh, died, but things have been added to it. Yes. So, so we, he's going through it. Yeah, he sees his family, he sees his daughter. He's like, oh, like little daughter, you know, wife, blah, blah, oh, blah. Sad, and then it sad, starts sad. to show. Then, oh, my goodness, it's getting closer to today. It's yeah. getting closer to modern day. And then he gets to, like, the final photo he sees, and it's Mido. Yes. Mido is his daughter. And That's the big then twist. there's pictures of him having sex with her. And there's, yes. yes. And then there's also, oh, later on, there's audio. There's audio. They took of it as well, yeah. which they, the guy just plays just to further taunt him as he walks out yes. of the place. But this, of course, sends sends him into a complete and utter rage, and he he takes the scissors that he was um, using to open up the package, and he he tries to attack Li Wujin, but his 
bodyguard. His, his bodyguard steps in, starts throwing him around. There's a great, like, it keeps cutting to him being thrown through, like, glass objects. <laughs> like, like just, just yeah. falling on glass objects, falling through glass objects. The guy, like, throws him through, like, a glass thing. And then, then finally, um, like, for some reason, like, the window breaks, which yeah. I always thought was kind of weird. I'm like, how did that happen? But anyway, it happened. Yeah. But the only, like, shot that Odesu gets in on this guy is he stabs him in the ear with the scissors. And you see, like, the guy's ear starts bleeding and his eyes start going crazy. And it's like, yeah, his brain is probably punctured. It's not looking good. And, but he can't hear. But he can't He can't hear that Wu Jin is telling him to, like, you know, let him go, stop. Yeah, stop yeah, yeah. So, so uh, Wu Jin goes up and shoots, him in the, shoots his bodyguard in the head. The guy's dead. Yeah, he's not done. And he's not done with him. <laughs> no, he's not done. There's there's more to do. Basically, Mido does not know about this revelation that we've just learned about, and yeah. Odesu's just learned about, and Odesu really wants this not to happen. Like he's begging this guy not to, not to reveal to him, because what has been revealed to Odesu is that the dude that he for some reason trusted the Mr. Park guy who ran his, who ran that prison is also in on it as well like of course, the guy like Wu Jin says like how do you think he got his new building I bought it for him yeah. his hand was bought for you know what I mean and at the same like, he's got he's got I'm, I'm assuming a copy of that album or something like that because we never see what's in that box that he's presented to her yeah. and he's going to present to her you know what I mean so, and at the same time, we've gotten a flash over to where she's back yes. in the apartment. She tries on them wings that she was going to get. Yeah, right around, there's a cross cut right around the time where it's revealed that it's his daughter, and she puts on the wings. That was going to be he, her present, yeah. That was going to be her present when she was forced real fucked up. Yeah, it's really <laughs> fucked up. up. <laughs> and then, so he 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 pleads with him not to do it, but then he also, like, he's frantic, like, delirious. I'm telling you, this guy's acting in this moment is so effing crazy. He's, like, like laughing he under a handkerchief. He's, but he's, like, but he's, like, pleading with him, but he's also cursing him out at the same time. He's just, like, really frantic. Like, like, true to life frantic, he ta- delirious. And then he, and then he, so he's, then like, he, he tells him, he's, he, like, yeah. you know, I told I told you I'd kill myself if, if I, you know, if you figured it out and got it all. And then he presses the button that's supposed to stop his heart. Before that, Stephen, I even want to mention that is he cuts his tongue. Yeah, he does cut off. his tongue off. Yeah, Odesu cuts his tongue off because th- that's kind of metaphorical. The reason well, he said, why yeah, this he, all started. Well, he said he would do that if he would kill himself or something like that, right? It, yeah, he would do that if he didn't tell Mito. Yeah, yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, and he doesn't, and he's got like a rag stuffed in there. But then, he, but then, what's his face called? And what's the Wujin calls the guy and says, you know, yeah. It's all, it's, you know, don't do it. And then, and then he walks away. He's walking out into the, to the elevator to leave the penthouse. And then, uh, like you said, Odesu sees that little like remote control. And he's gonna press it to, to stop his heart. But he, he's pressing it. Nothing's happening. Nothing. Nothing's happening. And what I believe is that there was an earlier scene in which he was on, in which Wu Jin was on like an operating table in his penthouse. And I think they removed, that that pacemaker or at least removed the mechanism in it that would stop his heart you know what i mean like i like think i think that is what happened or at some point he had it removed because he's pressing the button and nothing's happening so uh, what we get is there's a cut now to wujin in the elevator and it's going down and we see a flashback to well i mean no 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 when it it, it, when when he hits the button then the audio of the sex he had with his that's what happens Yes, 
But then, but as Wu Jin is leave, as going down the elevator, he flashes back. Don't you remember? Yeah, yeah. He flashes back to, like, he was at that bridge. He was at that river where his sister died, and he was basically holding her and preventing her from from dying. Just like the, just like learned, just like the guy at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> coincidentally, yeah. But what we also learned in that whole orchestration is that why his sister died, yeah. why his sister tried to commit suicide, is all of the rumors that were started because of Odesu made her believe that she was pregnant. Yeah, made yeah. her believe that she was pregnant by her brother of all people. Yeah. And what ended up happening is that biolog- because it was so psychologically embedded in her that biologically she began to have like the symptoms of a false pregnancy. So it made her believe even more that she was pregnant. You know what I mean? Like her... Her um like her menstrual cycle stopped and she be her, her stomach began to swell and things like that, uh, which I didn't know was was an actual thing that could possibly happen, but apparently that happened to her. So it began it began to make her be, you know, psych psychotic basically, like having her believe that that she was suicidal. It yeah, it, it probably made it even worse that you know if it's her brother, it's gonna get out that it's her brother. It's gonna you know it's gonna be a whole thing. But it all started with because of Ode Sue, but. But now flashing, now going back to him in the elevator, he's holding her and he's telling her, you know, she wants to die and he, he's trying to stop her. And then and then he ends up, like, just letting her go. And then she falls in the water and that's it. What And then what happens is he shoots himself in the head. Yep. And that's how Wu Jin dies because he has no point of living anymore. Yeah, you know he, I mean? his like, whole life like has been about life, getting yeah, vengeance. Getting vengeance. And once he has, once he doesn't have it anymore, his life is over. And it's really an interesting commentary on people consumed with that type of level of hate, uh, of that level of vengeance, where it consumes their whole life to the point where, okay, what happens when you fulfill your vengeance? Yeah. What happens then? Is there any life after that? And for Wu Jin, there wasn't nope. any, and he is now gone. You know he's now and he's now dead. His life is now over. Now what happens with Ode Sue? Me, uh, Mido doesn't know about about this, uh, about the 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 real situation. But he does. How does he live with this? And what is interesting is one of the last thing that Wu Jin said to him is basically like, like I was oh, like me and my sister were okay living like like with each other like this like how are you going to be like this yeah. you know what i mean like this it's a lot of psychological games happening here so what happens in a kind of epilogue is that apparently he tries you know, he tries to get the sometimes later he finds that hypnotist lady yeah, i think yeah. it's the same lady and he tries to have like those memories removed from his head through hypnotism and they're like in like the woods sitting on these like really shitty chairs. It's, really, it's, like, it's like really weird. It, it makes no. It's very kind of surreal. It's, it's not... very very surreal. Um, and basically, what happens is she hypnotizes him. She's like, okay, look at this tree. This tree becomes a concrete pillar. Okay, so now you're gonna see the Ode Sue that knows about this, and then the, then there's gonna be an Ode Sue that doesn't know about this, and the Ode Sue that knows about this. Is gonna it, which is like the monster version of him. Yeah. It's basically like the corrupt part of him that knows this, you know, horrific information is gonna walk away. But for every step he takes, he's gonna age a year to to the point where he just dies. Yeah. Don't worry, he's just gonna die calmly, nothing whatsoever. So then he wakes up and he's lying in the middle of this snow forest place, and Mito comes in and sees him, 
and she asks him like who were you talking to and then the camera pans over to like footprints in the snow and those two chairs set up and then they're, they're like the last like one of the last shots i think it is the last shot of just it's him like hugging her they're, they're hugging and his but it's just his face yeah and he's and then he smiles he like is try it's like it's a painful smile and yeah i know many people have like debated like does he yeah it's a painful smile and you bring it to question whether the hypnosis really worked or is he still the same? Like, yeah. And that's the big question about the It's very movie. ambiguous. Uh, very ambiguous. And it, yeah, it leaves you it leaves you thinking about, you know, like we said, this is the thematic trilogy. Uh, you know, and then in this film, just, you know, the idea of, you know, there's just some things that, um, there's just th- some things that happen to us in life that we can't let go. You can try to forget certain things and, um, it, you know, I don't think he, I don't think he can ever forget what he did. Um, no matter what kind of hypnosis there is, there's always going to be something that when he looks at her, um, he's going to be reminded. Um, and that's what he has to live with for the things that he's done. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a very, because of bittersweet ending, because of his, because because he could, because he, he, he talks too much. Yeah, it's it, like, it shows you how much a small thing can have a big effect on people. It really is. It just it just shows you, like we said, like there's no there's no positive outcome here at all. It's really bad for everyone involved. Like Mito has to live a life of basically lies now. Um, Wu Jin is dead. Uh, Odesu may or may not re- remember all of you know, the, the hurtful truth of that he has to live with now. And it's like, no one wins. It's just, you yeah. just end up, you know, in the middle of the forest. Not, not a bittersweet, <laughs> you know I mean? not a bittersweet ending, a bitter shit ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> very much so. It's, yeah, but that's old boy. And man, I don't even know if we did the movie enough justice to it's really t- give you the it, sense of the layering. You just need to watch and the movie. Yeah. yeah, the filmmaking in this film, I think, is really, really good. I mean, he uses a lot of zooms. He, ha- he, he has some movements. very interesting upward angles where he yeah, he puts he puts the the characters in in usually like corners of the camera instead of like centering them or right. you know it, he has very interesting direction, very interesting cinematography. A lot of green, really lot does. of greens, a lot of you know yeah. The browns color palette and, is very interesting. Yeah, it's a very like you like you were saying greens and browns and red color palettes. Um, I think it's done on purpose, probably. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past. Chandler everything's d- filmmaker like him. Everything's done on purpose. Yeah, and I mean, the, even the Odesu character, his name is in reference to uh, Oedipus, mm-hmm. for you know Oedipus Rex, the the um the 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 famous Greek like story that has you know incest in it. Yeah, yeah. But it also has a sense of tragedy you know, cyclical tragedy within it as well. And this film actually very much has a sense of cyclical tragedies within it because it starts off in, you know, it starts off with him being, you know, in a shitty situation and ends up with him in a shitty situation. (laughs) And it's really, really what a fantastic movie. It is. Um, But I think that... But yeah, I highly recommend it. I also highly recommend the other films in Chan Park's filmography. Especially his his vengeance trilogy, 
the handmaiden, the handmaidens, and yeah, and the handmaid, and of course Lady Vengeance as well. Uh, Thirst, I really like as well. Thirst is pretty good. Um, Stalker, yeah, yeah. Handmaiden, yeah. Stoker's really good. Um, handmaiden, talk about a movie that's sexual, but that movie is, is sexual in a different way. Yeah, yeah. That movie's more about uh, sexual liberation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sexual freedom, <clears throat> and this is more about perversion of sexuality. Yeah. Old, that, that's the way I would describe the sexuality in, in Old Boy. Yeah. But I think that's going to be it for our breakdown of uh, Old Boy here. And uh, hey, Andrew, where can you be found? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Capzilla06, as well as my YouTube channel, Capzilla Productions. And you can find me on Facebook, Stephen Billings. You can also find this podcast's audio on Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbean. And that will be it for this episode of the Cinema Discovery Project. Thank you for listening, and hey, keep on watching them movies. I know I will. <laughs>